Welcome to None Dare Call It Ordinary's 32nd bonus episode! <laughs> Brent! How are you doing today? I am doing good. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing fine. Nice. Oh, I'm holding up. I'm in the I'm in the closet, the uh, closet of iniquity. Mm. Uh, I I don't know why I called it that, but that <laughs> is what it's called. Uh, the AC is off. Starting to get a little hot in here. Had to take the the litter boxes out of the office so the cats don't crawl and and meow at the door. Oh, so God. I can get some peace. Record this very important topic that we have to cover today. Oh, what is what is our topic today? Well, thank you, Brent, for asking. That was my acting. Today's topic has been requested uh, quite a bit by uh, one person in particular, uh, Craig, our patron, has been very interested in us covering this, especially once we did the Posse Commentatus series. Right. And the topic we're covering is the Montana Freeman. Let's just say the Posse Commentatus Patriot Militia Movement had a special way of showing itself <laughs> in Montana in the 1990s, uh, culminating in a good old fashioned style standoff classic. with the FBI yeah. and the ATF. Yeah, classic 90s. <laughs> That's just you. It's not you don't have a Patriot <laughs> Movement without a good old fashioned standoff. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot. To this story, um, and we, you know, we're not going to be able to cover every single element, but we we found the choicest nibbles of uh, of uh, patriotism and uh, sovereignty that we're going to share with you today. And our story starts with a man named Leroy Schweitzer. He was one of the leaders and founders of the Montana Freeman, arguably the leader insofar as they, you know, they don't really believe in leaders, but you know what I'm saying. In the 1980s, he became really interested in becoming a tax resistor, and he was a big enthusiast into the posse commentators, because of course, and as he went down this rabbit hole of right-wing extremism, even his neighbors and friends started to notice and get a little worried for him. Ooh, so it's good. really no different than today when you have a friend going down that alt-right YouTube mm -hmm. rabbit hole. Yeah. It's very similar, except it was a lot harder back in the day. Uh, and it was just a lot of pamphlets, just pamphlet on pamphlet. But Schweitzer was also able to help out friends as a result of his newfound posse lingo. So, you know, we have to show both sides here, fair and balanced. One friend of his was charged with, quote, letting his dog roam unvaccinated. Oh, okay. And Schweitzer and this man, they commonly explained to the judge that the court they were in was an admiralty court. Because they had the gold fringe mm. on the flag there. Mm -hmm. And that means it's not a real common law court. And thus it had no jurisdiction over this unvaccinated dog. That court could not force that dog to stay inside and wear a mask. Sadly, I could not find if this defense was successful oh. or not. I wasn't able to find, you know, the outcome of this case in particular. Yeah, yeah. And sadly, we don't know the position of the dog either. Was he an anti-vaxxer as well? Yeah, we, we never know. they never talk about the sovereignty of the dog. Yeah. You know, we need some we need a free dog movement. Exactly. Montana free dogs. You never hear about them. Schweitzer eventually moves to Montana uh, to continue his work as a crop duster. Of course, he refuses to get a license to fly his Cessna aircraft and receives a federal arrest warrant wait, wait, wait. for that. I have to say, Dylan, so he's a crop duster. So he was giving us chemtrails or was he like an early chemtrailer? No mention of uh, chemtrails. I mean, that would be the real 
rabbit hole through the looking glass where he is actually a chemtrail artist. Is that the, is that the word for the uh, chemtrailist? <laughs> you know, the one who dispenses with chemtrails? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I don't uh, I don't know. I think he would be perfectly fine with chemtrails as long as they only affect the crops. But True. yeah, we, okay. we, we don't it. know. So either way, not only was the law not interested in him flying, they also weren't interested in him even owning the plane at all <laughs> because his plane, his house and other property were seized by the IRS and sold to pay off his $389,000 tax bill, which he had been working on since the 1970s. And I wrote that without thinking, uh, but I imagine for these guys, that's how they think of their unpaid tax bills. They're working on it. It's like a nest egg in reverse against the government. Yeah. It's something you got to work on. Seriously, I bet they have a beautiful mint collection of IRS bills on display in their homes, like in a a cabinet or something. So anyway, uh, Schweitzer... He doesn't have a plane and he doesn't have a license to even fly a plane. And it's at this moment that Schweitzer meets up with one Rodney Owen Skirdal and they become roommates. But before we dive into all that, let's take a look at this Skirdal fellow. Yeah. His Freeman journey begins with a fractured skull in 1983. And his wife very explicitly thinks that this actually was the causal factor in why he adopted these beliefs. Because after he gets this injury, Skirdal refused to use his social security number or his driver's license. This is the outcome if you have failed a trepanning session. Mm, if you yeah. just like fracture your skull instead of actually drill a hole through your uh, head. Like we learned about in our psychedelic cult series. You just simply stop using your driver's license and social security number. It's just not as fun. It's, yeah, it's not nearly as fun. I mean, in one sense, you are permanently high. You're permanently hallucinating that hmm. you know anything about the court system. <laughs> Uh, And that will be a persistent hallucination, and it is permanent, unfortunately. So Skirdal's newfound interest in pseudo-law also affected his approach to the workman's compensation suit that followed as a result of his head injury. Because paper money is worthless and the federal government Mm -hmm. doesn't have the authority to make their own fake money, Skirdal insisted that he receive payment in gold bullion. Unfortunately, the judge was not convinced with this argument. So around the same time that Schweitzer got his plane repossessed, the IRS, quote, seized Skirdal's farm in Roundup, Montana to once again pay his back taxes and seized the way I said it that way because it's in quotes, it's in scare quotes, because Skirdal actually refused to leave the property and local law enforcement had no interest in an armed standoff to make him leave. Oh, man, why not? That's so 90s. It is so 90s. And I I should just say the 90s. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely one of the things And I'm just going to say they weren't interested in it like right then. Hmm. And also it's mostly the local law enforcement was not so interested. True. Maybe somebody else will get a bit interested in that a little bit later on in the story. Instead of leaving the house that no longer belonged to him. Skirdal invited Schweitzer and another man, Daniel Peterson, to move into his squatter's paradise. And the Montana Freeman are born with, quote, computers, fax machines, laser printers and satellite dishes going round the clock. It just sounds like a Neil Breen film, really. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, they just they need the, uh, the smartphones. They need the smartphones. Mm-hmm. They need the random syringes filled with red liquid, you know, hanging out in the desert. I think that's really all they're missing at this point. The Montana Freeman also put a sign at the edge of the property to show the cops who's boss. Quote, do not enter private land of the sovereign. 
The right of personal liberty is one of the fundamental rights guaranteed to every citizen, and any unlawful interference with it may be resisted. You know, I hate to say it, but they should have just went with the plaque instead, maybe mm. instead of a simple sign. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just uh, Alex Jones knows how powerful plaques are. So, um, yeah, that's true. I, I think they just they don't want to be associated with the, the UN in any shape or form, though. Oh, true. Yeah. So the cops response kind of, you know, they don't want a stand up with these folks at this point. So the Musil Shell County Sheriff G. Paul Smith, he said about this simply, quote, these people want to be martyrs. I don't know how far they're willing to carry that. And we're going to see how far they're willing to carry that. But uh, before then, we're going to get a little bit more into their activities, particularly their common law courts, uh, which is as fun as it sounds. And Brent has more to say about that. So, okay, we briefly mentioned common law courts in our Posse Comentata series. So these are basically fake courts set up by adults playing make-believe at the local level that meet in citizens' homes or community gathering locations such as bingo halls, restaurants, or bowling alleys. Excellent place. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Oh, oh, oh I'm yeah. sorry. I did, I did misspeak. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so these are the actual courts. Because nothing says you're a legitimate court, like the sounds of bowling pins falling or bingo being yelled out just as the real judge is reaching his verdict. Yeah, so I mean, you definitely want I mean, those look, in the background. What, do you, what would you prefer in the background? Would you prefer the sounds of bowling pins or a American flag mm -hmm. with a gold fringe on it? The choice is obvious. Yeah, it's very obvious. Ryan Greisecker said that he attended a, quote, school of learning with Leroy Schweitzer. Before finally setting up his own common law courts in Kansas. And yeah, that's one of the things they were doing in that uh, round up Montana place that they weren't legally allowed to be in. Uh, they set up a they set up a school to teach other people how to disobey the law. for listening to this bonus episode sample. If you would like to hear the rest of the episode, along with all our weekly bonus episodes, become a $5 a month patron over at patreon.com slash none dare call it ordinary. That is also where you'll find any blog posts, pictures, and news updates to go along with our regular series. You can also send us an email at none dare call it ordinary at gmail.com. Lastly, we ask for you to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcasts are served. Thank you.